What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The season may be coming to an end, but the sun is beginning to shine. So how about a free case of eight craft beers from Beer 52? Just go to www.beer52.com slash spurs and just cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club with over 175,000 active members. Each month, members are sent a case with a different theme. Comes with a magazine and a snack and if you don't like dark beer just choose the light option you can pause or cancel at any time give it a go go to www.beer52.com slash spurs and get your free case of beer on us that's beer52.com slash spurs Summer is here. The sun is shining. Shirts are off and your balls are smooth. You heard that right. Your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. In summer, you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibe with pubes peeking out your swim trunks. That's why Manscaped had their performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crispy, refreshing all summer long. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and then use the dedicated promo code at checkout of Spurs20. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. Inside the package you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs and the Travel Bag to hold your goodies. They're even going to throw in two free gifts with the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag that will bring your comfort to another level. So get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and use Spurs20 at checkout. That's 20% off of free shipping by going to mansit.com and then go to checkout and use the code SPURS20. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped. Hello, good evening, welcome to the Spurs Show, a very, very special edition tonight, live from the Albany, Great Portland Street. Yay! Thank you for joining us here, thank you for joining us at home. Uh, we've had some wonderful recordings this evening and uh, we've obviously already talked, for those of you here, about some absolute legends of Tottenham Hotspur. We're going to talk about another one now who uh, sadly left us recently. 
Uh, and uh, talk before we do that, please welcome onto the show uh, um, wonderful guest, wonderful writer, journalist. Please welcome back Mr. Martin Lipton. And a man who's been on the show many times as well, written so many definitive books about Tottenham. I mean, you know, certain people write books about Tottenham, but they don't come from the heart. This man writes books about Tottenham from the heart. I think one was nominated recently for a prestigious award, My 70 Years of Spurs. And, and, and the book we're going to talk about now, there's been many, many books about this man, and please God, there'll be many books about him years to come. But this, to me, is, and I genuinely mean this, and there's been some good ones. He's written some of them before. But this is a really wonderful, heartfelt, emotional book that really, really gets to the nub of who this man was on and off the pitch. It is the one and only Jimmy Greaves, written by the author here, Mr. Norman Giller. Thank you, Norman, for coming along. Thank you for helping out the last show. You know, what's, I think what's important for those that people don't know, just give people a bit of a his background about your history and your life, pretty much lifetime friendship well, I, with Jimmy. I, I, I knew Jimmy as um, a close friend for 64 years. Um, I worked um, as assistant sports editor for the Stratford Express, and we're talking 1957. And I should add that there are only two people on the staff. But, but I was the assistant sports editor. And um, G- Jimmy was born on February the 20th, 1940, in um, what was then Manor Park in East Ham Hospital. It's now New Ham, but it was East Ham then. And uh, so that gave me an excuse to write about him for the Stratford Express, even though he played for Chelsea. Um, he exploded onto the scene in August 1957 when he made his debut for Chelsea against Tottenham at White Hart Lane, as we all know, scored a spectacular goal, and that that was the launching pad for his career. Because he was born locally, I decided that uh, I had an excuse to interview him. Mm. And so I arranged to meet him at Stamford Bridge, and this was in about... um, October 1957 and by then it had so much publicity that when I arrived there Jimmy said sorry pal he said but uh, the governor's said I can't speak to you he said I've got to talk talking to the press he thinks I'm getting too much publicity and um, he bought me a cup of tea at the bridge cafe at Sanford Bridge and then we um, got on the district line train back to Mile End he went on to Haynaught and I went to Stratford, where I was living at the time. And um, that was the start of our friendship. Wow. And um, I was a very lucky boy that um, from then on, I was uh, had a front row street seat for one of the, not only one of the greatest careers of all time, but, but one of the most fantastic lives. He, le- he led four lives in one. Mm. And I was there as a ringside spectator. Did you feel with this particular book, because obviously you've written tens of thousands of words about Jimmy in match reports, uh, books, you work, things you've collaborated with him. Was there, with this book, which is a spectacular read, do you think with his passing and being so close and having to, not so much toe the line, well, maybe toe the line professionally, 
did this finally give you the chance to maybe say things about him and report stories about him that you maybe wouldn't have done while he was still alive? And I know Irene, his, his I, I wife, was, was gave you a blessing and has written the forward. Well, I, I was given instruction by Irene, who um, kindly put her name to the book. Yeah. And she, she'd never written a single word about Jimmy ever. And um, her only um, instruction to me was, Norman, you've got to make this warts and all. Right. Jimmy would not want the treacle treatment. And so I've put what I, I would discuss. In fact, Jimmy and I uh, did, did discuss him when he had, just before his stroke, about writing our 21st book together. And it was going to be called The Truth. Mm. And um, I just hope I've got somewhere near the truth with, with this book. Well, 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 you did, and you know, you sort of you say warts and all. I don't think there's anything particularly bad. I mean, a lot of the stuff, obviously, his 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 alcoholism has been, has been covered many many times. What's lovely about this book, and and again, there's been lots of books written about his playing career at Tottenham. There's a lot of great stuff about his broadcasting career, and obviously, you wrote and, and worked with him a lot on that. Well, there was a lot of really fascinating well, stuff well, and great well, interviews well, you football, got there. Football fans will not understand this, and I don't really understand it. But Jimmy insisted that his broadcasting career was more important to him really? than, than his football career and that he was more prouder of what he achieved as um, a journalist and as um, a communicator than he ever was with anything he played at football. Amazing. Was that because it was learned rather than innate? Exactly. You, 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 he had, you, to, you, he had you, to do it. Jimmy was the natural, wasn't he? I mean, he, he did things with the ball that uh, no, nobody could be taught to do. In fact, he had two wonderful sons, or he has two wonderful sons, Dan, Danny and Andy, and he, he, he couldn't pass his gifts on to them. I mean, they were both good class footballers, mm. but nothing, nothing like a Jimmy Greaves. Mm. And also he was, he was, you know, we didn't know it at a certain age because it wasn't diagnosed. He was obviously dyslexic, so when you go to the broadcasting stuff, as you know, everyone now works with auto cues. He couldn't have auto cues. Well, Jimmy was um, an original in as much as uh, he's the only person on television who was doing it all off the top of his head. Mm. I mean, the producers and the directors used to live on eggshells because they had no idea what, what he was going to say, neither did Jimmy. Mm. And um, everybody else was reading from auto cue and reading a script... But Jimmy was doing off the top of his head. And he, and he gave us some wonderful lines, didn't he? It's a funny old game. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, you know, again, obviously knowing him for so well and, and seeing the highs and the lows, you know, you talk very openly, you talk about Watson, or you talk very openly about his drinking problems and how that, you know, well, when, when ruined Jim, his career, Jim, his Jim, marriage. Jim, Jim and I were um, reunited in um, 1977, 78, when a good friend of ours called Vic Railton um, died of a heart attack when he was 39. And Vic Railton was a Fleet Street legend as a, as a news, news gatherer. And um, that previous uh, weekend before Vic's funeral, um, Jimmy had been caught, or well not caught, but um, revealed as having been in Worley Mental Hospital suffering from or recovering from one of his his benders and uh, the front page um, exclusive on the the previous Sunday in the Sunday People was the headline Jimmy Greaves drink is killing me so Jimmy was suddenly in the spotlight and he had the guts to go to Vic's funeral for, for five or six days later 
And I was standing alongside Jimmy at the, at the graveside and we're throwing earth onto the coffin as it's lowered into the grave. And Jimmy said, not knowing that I was that close to him, said, uh, Vic, I'll see you soon, I'll be next. Mm. And that, those words came from the lips of Jimmy Greaves, who just, what, three three years earlier had been, been the idol of all of us. Mm. And... Uh, I took him for a coffee at Wanstead, which is a couple of miles away from the cemetery, which is in Manor Park, where Jimmy was born, funnily enough. And um, I, I said, to, said to Jim, I said, Jimmy, do you, do you realise? He said, you're idolised. You're, you're Jimmy Greaves. And Jimmy then had the shakes, couldn't keep his hand still. He said, no, fuck it, he said. Fuck me life up. Said uh, Irene's kicked me out. That's his wife. Said get get the divorce. He said, uh, what, what have I got to fucking live for? Sick to death it all. He said, um, I've uh, I had a razor blade to my wrists just the other day. He said, but but I swallowed it, and I'm getting all tense. And then he said, you ever tried to swallow a razor blade? It doesn't fucking hurt. <laughs> And so, so he turned that into a joke. And I thought, hello, is there something here? So I said, Jimmy, look, I said, what we've got to do is get down on the paper, not only what you've done in football, but your sense of humour, because nobody realises just what a funny guy you are. And uh, so it all started from there. We wrote a book together called This One's On Me. Which is, you know, an iconic football book. It was the first football book I ever read. Um, were you know you, you, the themes about about drinking stuff and very very open was like you know normally sort of all sparkly football is a yeah, puff piece. No, you don't I, get anything personal. Not because in I wrote it, but Jimmy spoke it, and um, Martin will confirm it was a groundbreaking book. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely it was. You know, the bravery of confronting his demons were what I think made a difference in terms of people. It's easy to love a football player. But to love a human being, to love the, to, to respect someone who's having to spend 30, 40 years dealing with the pain he calls people, but also the, the joy he brought and all of that. I think that's part of it, isn't it? With, with, with him in the end, he, he came maybe to love himself a bit more than he might have done. You would know far better than I, but I think there was, there was enough. Jimmy had lost faith in himself when we got back together. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to claim credit for it because cause I was earning money. So, so um, how, how can I claim that I was his saviour? But what I, I did, I, I did give him help, and hope rather. I gave him hope. And my best friend at the time was a, a boxing manager called Terry Lawless. Yeah, I remember Lawless, yeah. Well, Terry and I were, were boxing fanatics and, uh, and we were very close. And I, I took Jimmy for a cup of tea in West Ham with Terry Lawless near the Royal Oak Gymnasium where, where he trained his fighters. And he had Frank Bruno, John H. Stracy, Maurice Hope, um, Charlie Magri, all, all world champions. And um, <clears throat> during, uh, while we were having that conversation, Terry suddenly looked across the table. He said, Jimmy, he said, do you realise I idolise you? Which was, which was a little bit, and we all felt a little bit uncomfortable. He said, you're of God. 
He said, when you walk out of this cafe, he said, I want you to be six inches higher. Walk out of your head. You're Jimmy Greaves. There's no other Jimmy Greaves. Go out there and show the world that you belong here, not only just as an ex-footballer, but show you the world that you're going to carry on and do something great with your life. And Jimmy walked out of that cafe six inches higher. And so you really think that was also a kind of turning point? That, that was point. one of the big wow. turning points. Amazing, isn't it? Because Terry did that with his boxers, he always, always pumped confidence into them. Yeah. But, but Jimmy had lost all his confidence. But from, from then on, um, I, I got him... Um, <clears throat> a good friend of mine was Frank Nickling, who was the sports editor of, this, of The Sun, who, um, who had newspaper print for blood. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> he, he paid Jim, Jim um, £200... Per column, that would which, have been a lot of money these days. Well, it was, it, it was it's twice as much as Jimmy was earning when he finished playing football. Oh. So, <laughs> so now suddenly Jimmy, Jimmy's got his, his confidence back. I was ghosting his column, but and I was putting in my corny jokes. But Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, once he got his confidence back, he he started giving me proper comedy mm. to put in, and uh, this was spotted by the Central Television. Um, guy, Gary Newborn, you've yeah. heard of Gary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that they and Billy Wright was the head of sport up there. I, I phoned Billy Wright and I said, um, you know, how about giving me giving Jimmy a, a job in television? I said, he's a great talker. He's, he's just done a documentary yeah. about his drink problem based on our book. I said, and he's, he's great to a camera, but but Billy <clears throat> had no no confidence in Jim, and uh, he he turned he turned the idea down. But Gary Newborn got to hear that uh, that I had um, suggested this, and he and a, a gentleman called Tony Flanagan, who was a producer, and, and Trevor East, who was a chief executive up there, got hold of um, Billy and said, "Look, look, look at this! Look at this sun column! You know, it's hilarious." I said, "Look at that documentary he's done! You know, mm. let, let's give him a let's give him a go." And so at um, the beginning of that season, Jimmy Greaves went up to Birmingham and started um, a, a, a double act, which it was, with, with Gary Newbomb. And, um, and that was the start of his television career. I then took him to TVAM, where Greg Dyke had just taken over. Greg, Greg had been a stringer for me when I was on the Daily Express. And um, he, he was now head of TVAM, which was a, a dying a television station at the time it was out on its feet and um, I, I went to him I said uh, how about giving Jimmy a job as a football commentator mm. not commentator pundit yeah. and he said no he said I've already given the job to um, Richard Keyes and um, mm. I can't remember his name yeah, sorry. sorry no no, no. It's pre, pre this is very very early Richard oh. Keyes yeah. Very young, Richard. No, it's about 83, aren't we? So that's yeah. late, early, 80s. early 80s, yeah. But in, anyway, it's in the book anyway. <laughs> Morris comes in my head. Morris. Oh, Morris. Um, the moustache? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it not, yeah, I know who you mean. It's I terrible. can't remember his first time either. I am an octogenarian. Octo- 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah, anyway. Mike Morris, wasn't it? Mike yeah, Mike Morris. Morris. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Craig said, I've already given the job to Mike Morris with Richard Keyes as his deputy. And he looked at Jim and he said, uh, he said, Jim, he said, uh, what do you know about television? 
And Jimmy said, well, instead of watch it, instead of watch it until the dock goes off. He said, that's it. He said, you'll be our television critic. I remember it well. I remember it well. And TV air and Jimmy Greaves is talking about the, you know, Coronation Street and whatever shows have been on. It was slightly bizarre, but it, well, it, was, it kind it, of worked, there didn't was, it? There was Nick Owen and Anne Diamond. Yeah, that's And right. Jimmy, they, they were the three stars of the channel. Kind and, of worked. And Roland Rat, of course. <laughs> but, the, but the main thing, obviously, it worked. You know, again, it, it, it hasn't... People have tried to imitate it, but Saints and Greavesy as a sort of kid teenager was unbelievable. And again, it's, you know... Making football irreverent, making football fun, making joker. You couldn't get away with it now. Rio, Rio Ferdinand is big enough to say that when I was a kid, I used to run home to mm. see the St. Greasy show. He said that none of us have got anywhere near it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, you had two great and, players. And here again, this is John the, as well, another great but this player. Is what we go back to the dyslexia. Yeah. Jim wasn't really doing auto cue. Mm. Ian St. John was the yes. schemer of the, yeah. of the show. He was reading the autocue all the time and giving all, all the prompts for the drop-ins of the footage. But the man doing, doing the witty stuff was doing it off the top of his head, and that was Jimmy. But, but again, you know, Martin, do you agree? You know, certain generations forget. Obviously, we've got Gary Lineker now, Match Today for years, Jermaine Genus is now doing sort of stuff. You forget ex-players, you know, being big presenters, and these were people doing it yeah, and effectively it was, decades before, and also it was, it became a staple of. of yeah. uh, you, you would you would do you had to watch it, mm. and it was like you drop anything, whatever mm. you're doing, you get back to to, to watch that show yeah. because it it set the tone for the weekend. Mm. It really did, and also they, when they showed the clips, there was that sense of fun in it as well. Jimmy didn't just say oh, and then so and so crossed it. He would be critiquing and yeah. taking the mickey out of what he was seeing because that's what it was about. I, I tell that lines and where to stick his flag. Yeah. So. <laughs> to a lot of sort of maybe Spurs fans who watched him week in, week out, it was quite weird seeing this god from the pitch being silly, being irreverent, taking the mick out of himself. It was such a different image, probably more like his real image, than we saw on the but, pitch. But let, yeah, what we saw this pitch But was let's this... remember, you, you've got to be over 60 to have seen Jimmy at his peak. Yeah. Jimmy never, ever took his football seriously. He'd never got down if they lost, and he never got ecstatic. If he scored a goal, he'd turn around and so he's been on a Sunday morning walk in the park. You know, you never saw Jimmy jumping up and screaming, jumping and screaming mm. about what what he'd achieved, mm. and yet, yet all of us, <laughs> the memories we have, you know, I mean, yeah. he was such an artist of a footballer. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful finisher. I've I've, I've never seen anybody. He, he even, even I I described him. You know, I did the lucky enough to do the eulogy for Jim at his funeral, and I described him as um, messy with bells on. Mm. And um, while Lionel Messi is obviously a, a hell of a footballer, possibly the greatest of all time, what, what um, he didn't have to play on the pitches that Jimmy played on, he didn't wear those, the, those cl clodhopper boots that Jimmy wore, and he didn't have Chopper Harris and Bunch of Legs Hunter and Tommy Smith kicking him up in the air. Would, would Lionel have been able to do it? Probably yes, against the, 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 that sort of opposition. Yeah. And again, we, we talked in a previous recording with, with Cliff Jones about Premier League and, and football to certain people broadcast not seeing anymore. 
he, you know, and everyone's now talking about Harry Kane when he do this in this record. Jimmy's record, if you, I mean, I'm not a stat man, but you know, some people love their stats. Well, I'm telling you, three, it, it's unbelievable. 357 first division goals in the old first division, a record that will never ever be beaten because the division doesn't exist anymore. And, uh, and what's, four, the, what's four Shearer? Goals. Shearer's 260, isn't he? Everyone talks about Shearer being the greatest British yeah. goals, English goal scorer. I think it's two. Is it two hundred and sixty goals? Yeah. I think it's two sixty, isn't it? Three five seven in the top flight. And it was, you know, if you look at it, it was, it was a goal. It was seven goals every ten games. Mm. That was over his entire career <laughs> yeah. at Spurs. For, for forty-four goals in, in fifty-seven, 57 games. England. England. You know, I mean, he was. And Kane's record is 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 incredible. But, but the ratio is incredible. In, but it's surpassed by Greaves. Yeah. You know, and if of, of all the post-war strikers for England. Mm. Only, yeah, only Greaves is a better goals per game than yeah. In nineteen fifty six fifty seven, he played his final game of final season with with the Chelsea youth team, and he scored one hundred and fourteen goals in that season. <laughs> one hundred and fourteen, and they get they gave him a, a, an illuminated address that he had framed. You know, so it was a, a an astonishing season that was. Do you think we're ever going to see a, a player like him again in 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 modern football? Yes, because um, there's, there's, there's not the, the the mountains to climb that Jimmy had to climb, mm. which is as I said about the the defending in those days. I mean, you you today you, the lights of Shopper Harris and just bite your legs. They'd they'd be put in the tower yeah. for what what they the, the tackles they used to commit, and they were allowed to tackle from behind. So you will get players now scoring as many goals as Jimmy and and I think Lionel Messi is, 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 to, is a good example he, he plays the Jimmy way and he passes the ball into the net but, but as I said he's not being kicked up in the air every five minutes it, it, it honestly it, it, it's you know and again I know lots of you at home will sort of pick and choose certain books and you've got books about Greaves and, and you know normally you've written Many many words about this. This is a, is 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 a must get book. Where's the best place for people to get it? Uh, and and I, I do know maybe not anymore. I do know there was some books that you sign. I got one that was signed for, by Jimmy and and whatever. What, what's out there? What's available? Well, if if you it? buy direct for me, you 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 get not my only my signature, which devalues the book, <laughs> but, but but you get a photo card with with Jimmy's signature and Stevie Perriman. Wow. Stevie's a good pal of mine. And, yeah. and also a, a percentage of any profits I make, I'm giving to the Tottenham Tribute Trust mm-hmm. to help our old heroes who missed the gravy train. Yeah. As, as I was saying earlier about... Yeah. As I was saying earlier about football being on an, another planet, these old boys... You know, they've, they've now got big medical bills. Well, in in the summertime of their lives, everything was wonderful. But now they're in the winter, they're discontent, and they're paying the price for what they did to entertain us. Mm. And um, the Tribute Trust look after them very quietly. Yeah. And uh, so I, I always try to help the Trust if I can. So if you go to normangillabooks.com, uh, the book is there. Um, as I said, post free, by the way. Post free as well. I think. I mean, it's 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 a really fantastic. I, I read it in, in one sitting. It's a, 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 a must read. Ladies and gentlemen, please show your appreciation, Mr. Norman Giller. Thank you.
Lovely. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.